Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of MA Architects Make It Innovative, featuring deep dive discussions on the world of innovation as it relates to the built environment. I am Mark Bryan, the Director of Innovation and Research for MA Architects, a certified futurist, master trend forecaster, and designer. As you are all aware, we look for the innovations that are happening in and around the city, and today is no exception. I believe inspiration and innovation happens in the built environment, of course, but it also comes from art installations, technology, social enterprises, the environment, and most especially, fashion. And I'm Sam Moeller, Director of Strategic Communications for MA Architects and an expert on human behaviors, well-being, and mental health. Now, whether you know it or not, Columbus, Ohio has a secret that our guest today is going to illuminate. Columbus is a true fashion capital. And we have Johanan, or Yogi as his friends call him, which I've been allowed to call him that, uh, Terrell to spill the sauce on what and why and how that is happening and what it means for our city. When I say this guy is a big deal and causing some major waves of change and innovation, I mean it 100%. Yogi is the CEO of Warhol and Wall Street and the director of the Columbus Fashion Alliance and quite possibly one of the most energetic people I know. Sorry, Sam. It's okay. I'm willing to lose that that title for this cool human being. <laughs> he literally took the pandemic as a rallying cry to press on to build the future of fashion and to help improve the industry in our city. I had the chance to catch up with him on several times, and each time he left me feeling blown away by what he had accomplished. I feel like he did something in like three weeks that would have taken me like three years to uh, achieve. Yogi is an award-winning marketing professional with over 15 years of progressive experience in all aspects of successful traditional, non-traditional, experiential, and digital marketing. He was named a creative and cultural powerhouse by City Pulse and just named one of the 2021 Future 50 by US Today. Since 2011, he has been the lead of sales and development for the branding firm Warhol and Wall Street and now leads overall strategy for the Columbus Fashion Alliance. What I love is his passion for work and his sneakers right now, but also his passion to support the community. Yogi actively supports the minority community. The Columbus Harlem 100 Celebration was a year and a half long campaign that highlighted African-American artists in Columbus. He created 614 Day to celebrate and support local businesses. This guy can do it all, and I hope you are ready for an energetic show. Welcome, Yogi, to our show. Hey, how's it going? I'm Johanna Terrell. I am the seat now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you guys sounded so professional. I was like, I gotta step my intro game up. <laughs> I mean, we can't compete. <laughs> Keep it on brand. <laughs> right, right. Keep we're going to post photos, you guys, on our social. I've never seen a more fashionable mask. And now we're, like, late in the game to try and mimic his look. But I'm like, how can I look like that? <laughs> All right, Yogi, we know your passion for creating change in the fashion and branding industry. But we want to let our listeners know a little bit more about you on a personal level. You ready? Sure. Let's do it. All right, man. If and you... thank you for having me, too, by the way. Oh, we're Absolutely. So excited. We're excited. I'm, I'm really excited about this conversation. Actually. I'm, like, buzzing already, and I didn't even drink Starbucks yet. <laughs> I just started, so. Oh. <laughs> Give us 30 minutes. All right. If you had a spontaneous day off, what's the first thing you would do? I would sleep in. Ah. Yeah. That's spontaneous for me is to sleep in. I would sleep in, um, get up around, you know, sleeping in for me is like 930. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I, uh, I would probably... Get up at nine thirty and go for a bike ride. Just cool. a random bike ride. Yeah. Is a if it it doesn't matter if it's about forty degrees, if it looks like it's about fifty, sixty, I'm I'm hitting my bike. I love that. Yeah. Anywhere in particular? Well, I just I just started getting into bike riding um, a couple years ago, but you know, obviously you only can ride certain seasons. So last year was like obviously COVID gave me plenty of time to get to know the trails. Yeah. In Columbus, so I hit the Alum Creek Trail and I fell in love with it. And uh, I get on that thing and hit about 15, 20 on average. And when I'm feeling, you know, really into it, I might hit 30, 40. I love yeah. that. You can you can take Alum Creek Trail. It connects to other trails. You can go all the way to Cleveland or Cincinnati on the trails. Is that the one that goes up to Brewdog, or is that another trail? No. Yeah, the canal. It goes up through the canal, Winchester. Yeah. So like, I'll I'll take it from my house, and I live by Easton. And a couple hours later, I'm by Canal Winchester. And uh, people don't know, like, if you didn't have a car but you had a bike, you could literally get anywhere you needed to go through the bike system, the trail system here. It's crazy, and it's beautiful. A lot of people don't know it, but it's uh, you should ride you should ride the trails. Absolutely. One more yeah. reason why Columbus is underrated, I think. Um, but I'm a little biased. So what is the best thing that has happened to you this year? The best thing that happened, 2021 or 2020? 2021. 2021, it's March. Yeah, yeah, it's a fresher year. Ah, what's the best thing that happened to me so far this year? I remodeled my house. Ooh. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> well, no, no, deal. let me. Okay, wait. 
wait, let me stop. Let me let me go back. I didn't. I redecorated. Cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No more. No walls are moved or anything like that. But um, you know how you have those kind of things on your, your to do list that you mm-hmm. never get done. Yep. So after all the holidays, spending money on family, friends, I was like, I really want to just make my space a little bit more mine, right? I heard somebody had made a statement of something I was watching, and they were like, your home, when you walk into your home, it should it should make you happy. Like, it should have all of your happy things should be in your home so that wherever you're at, whatever room, you should feel connected to your home. And I was like, facts, I should do that. So I actually, um, you know, was looking up stuff. I had like a, a long list of stuff I wanted to buy, you know, just decorative stuff pictures, paintings, plants, and all that stuff. So now it's, it's pretty cozy at the spot, and I'm, I'm, I'm proud of it. And I I'm like that. I'm, like, trying to invite people over, like, hey, man, you want to come? <laughs> <laughs> you want to come hang out? Like, yeah, I ain't seen you in a while, man. Come hang out. Oh, this is nothing. You know, it's just a big plant that I got the other day. You know? <laughs> I'm keeping it alive. Yeah, 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 barely keeping it alive. Have a seat. Have a seat. You want to read a book? <laughs> I love it. All right, this is a bonus question. What's your favorite piece that you added? Or what's the thing that's bringing you the most happiness? This plant, I got um, like a big Birds of Paradise mm. palm Beautiful. with the big, huge leaves. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, the last couple of plants I've had, they murdered, just done, you know. So I took a chance with this yeah, one. I had okay, to get yeah. a U-Haul truck and everything to go. Oh, wow, yeah, that's a get, big. Yeah, it's a big boy. So I got in the house and it's like huge. And, and I got like this retro vibe in my house. So it's like this huge plant with one of those like arch um, uh, lamps, you know, that kind of arch over. Yes. So it's got, a, yeah, it's got the look. And I'm it's like, it's a vibe. It's a vibe. I love it. And I got a little bar cart next to it with like all these bourbons. So <laughs> it's like a postcard, like, you know, yeah. retro, you know, retro, you know, cozy. I love I know that. That's where I will be on Friday if yeah. I could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love definitely. it. Yogi, last question. Best way to decompress? <sighs> Ride my bike. Yeah. Yeah. Seems yeah. like a, a trend. Seriously, I I put my headphones on, and if I'm frustrated, been a long day, it's like a perfect way of meditating. So I meditate now too. So I do I do meditate. That's my second like best thing to do to kind of center myself and 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 kind of you know just refocus and just be present. You know, obviously. So mm-hmm. uh, if it's not meditation, it's riding my bike. So if I need to decompress, I'll hit the neighborhood or I'll hit the trails, whatever it is. But I'll listen to music while I do it, and whatever was, you know, bothering me, I'm, I'm good. Uh, I just, I don't know, if it's about something about feeling the wind, you know, I don't know, but it's it's my thing now. <laughs> I love that. We, we do a lot of research with neuroscientists and behavioral psychology, and I love mental health. And a lot of people underestimate mindful meditation and movement through meditation, and how literally when you move your body, you shift the energy in your body. And so if you're feeling really frustrated or really angry, if you just get up and move, it shifts the energy yeah. within your body. You know, it's that simple. So I love that, yeah, yeah. you know, biking is that for you. That's awesome. And it meditation. Is. That's it is. It's, it's, a, it's a form of mindfulness. Like, yes. mm-hmm. a lot of people don't realize like athletes i'm a psychology major so i'm right there with you i, I love human you behavior be cooler yeah i love i love i'm a like psychology major marketing minor so it's helped me with our clients yes. and stuff but um you know sports things like that anything that 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 makes you focus in and be present because you have to be there for every single moment yes is a way of meditation and you know you think meditation is just being still with your eyes closed and all that stuff but literally you could be moving and be super present because you're just aware Absolutely. of everything happening in a moment you're just your eyes are wide open your pupils are open you're just soaking in the environment and that's kind of what happens when i ride my bike um especially in like new places yep I'm so busy soaking in the environment, which a lot of people don't know that that's the actual exercise for your brain is to go into new spaces and actually soak them in. And so, you know, uh, like when you're going on a road trip, it always feels longer than it does when you're coming back. Uh That's because your mind is processing new information. And so it feels much longer than it actually is, but because your mind's like, wow, new stuff, new stuff. And that's like an exercise for your brain. So when people are, you know, playing sports, they're hyper-present. And that's why they continue to play sports, because it's a way of, you know, relaxing and, and depressing and all that type of stuff. So, yeah, that's kind of what it is for me, too, is riding oh, my bike. I totally agree. And I think, too, the cool thing about experiences like that, it's different every single time. So even if you went, you know, you played the same football team, but you played a, a different 
team, again, you know, your opponent was a different opponent or it was a different stadium. It's always a different experience. Yeah, and yeah. that's the stimulation. I feel like especially from 2020, we were lacking because so many of us were having so much monotony, never leaving our homes and working from right. home and living from work and all these things. So right, I love right. experiences. I think there's such a powerful, powerful tool for mindfulness and also just for that stimulation of your brain to yeah. expand. So cool. Yeah. Yeah, well, and it's right on par with everything we've been hearing. Like, so our guests, a lot of them say exercise. That's the thing they want to do, or they want to be able to have a, a way that they can be more mindful. You know what I mean? It's why we mm -hmm. have our respite room so that we can have places to go and take those breaks that we definitely need yeah, given yeah. this season of life. It's good you guys have that, too, because a lot of people don't just take time for themselves. And if you don't, you can't be there for other people. So it's like it almost should be a little mandatory. Like you just need Agreed. to sit and just be with yourself for a little bit, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. And it can shift your entire mood, you know. Yeah. I always say you have to put your oxygen mask on first, and that doesn't just apply when you're on an airplane. Right. You know, you have right. to take care of yourself first. Right. All right. Well, I love getting to know you, but I think we should dive into some of our questions if we're ready to get into Let's it do a it. little bit. Yeah. So, Yogi, tell us your background with Warhol and Wall Street and then how it led to this new passion for the Columbus Fashion Alliance. Sure. So um, I've always been in entertainment or some type of community building for since I've, you know, since I can remember, I guess, at least coming out of high school. So I used to throw a lot of parties when I was in high school. It was I was an introvert. So you? it was really yeah, I, I, I still am. I still am. <laughs> no, really. For real. I, I am. I am. Like, I, I if you put me in a random like gala or something like that i'll be a wallflower i'll just, you know i'll be in the corner with my beer like hey how's it going you know <laughs> i have to see it to believe it no, for real, i'm really not I really, I, so only time i am if if i'm you know being with people i know or or in a smaller environment or um i'm hosting something so as a way to kind of break out of that because i was always shy i was always introverted my sister used to you know, let me throw parties at her house. And now it's kind of almost, you know, also another way to help me, you know, be cool. When I was, <laughs> you know, it was like, uh, he has parties. It's like, you know, it's going to his party. So um, when I got to college, I started throwing parties and then I started doing, you know, uh, clubs and venues. So it just progressed there. I was working in security for a while and I started promoting at, you know, different clubs and bars. And uh, then I started doing music events and concerts and that was really me just kind of, you know, building community, really. Essentially, I just love bringing people together for a good time. And then I got into media. I started an online magazine called Fly Paper, and that was really about, like, urban culture, you know. And it was really the transition into the, the you know, the blogs were really, you know, popping. This was a while back, so this is when Blog Boom was happening. And um, so I was, you know, doing content that way, right? And that was more so, like, trend, fashion, tech stuff like that, and then um, was throwing events, and then I got into radio, and uh, when I was at Radio One, I was the digital marketing director for Cincinnati and Columbus, and so I would travel back and forth, so I was learning like digital, I was learning content, I mean, we almost got bought by the dispatch, the flypaper did, it was like, it was gonna be their first online media, and so we had a couple of meetings with them, so we were kind of ahead of our time when it, back then with the, with the digital media, but, we were doing that and I was doing um, small like print jobs on the side and I realized I'm doing a lot of separate things that are all, all kind of related to the same stuff. So um, me and my partner were both creatives. My father was a photographer and so uh, I grew up around him doing a lot of photo albums, photo covers and stuff like that for like bands and things. Like he did a couple famous bands like the Whispers and the Isley Brothers. He took some pictures for them back in the day. So I watched him do his thing and so I was always a visual I was always leaning towards like visual communication didn't really know what it was but um so you know me and my partner he was a designer my other partner was in a strategy we got together and was like hey you know we're doing all these separate things but if we put them all together we really could build an agency a small agency that could do some work for a bigger client but we could still remain like nimble and small and so um, we started Warhol and Wall Street, and basically the name is um, basically represents that we're a group of creatives, and we have this like nationwide group of creatives that we work with, from art directors, you know, muralists, dancers, all of that, and we brought them together, and then we also you know had a team of like strategists who really like to put together you know strong strategy when it came to engagement and so that's where the name comes from there was a group of creatives that also love strategy and business and we put that together to create to create that company so basically just you know was in a space of branding and engagement our focus at Warhol and Wall Street is we say we're full service but we really 
really lean on four different areas, which is mostly strategy, and then we do all of your brand work so we can design your logos, your brand messaging, stuff like that. But um, we really love creating content, so we do a ton of video work, ton of social content, ton of like engaging, truthful storytelling that's coming from a human perspective, you know? Love that. Yep, and then we do a lot of experiences. So it could be a trade show set up, it could be a cultural event like the Harlem Renaissance, or it could be a music festival like what we did with Pepsi. We created the Pepsi Music Factory and took that on tour. So um, all of those things are really about connecting with people. We're, We're all about anything that you want to engage people with, you can come to us and we'll help you engage your audience in the right way. So that's kind of what led me to the fashion piece is um, I'm on a few committees and commissions uh, here in the city. Now I was on a mayor's create Columbus commission, you know, some years back and um, we did a brand exercise about Columbus and what the, like what makes Columbus attractive to young professionals. That was our job on that commission was to how do we keep Columbus interesting to younger professionals who are, you know, traveling. I mean, they're moving. You know, people don't go to a city for the job per se. They go to the city for the lifestyle and the job. So they'll take a less pay to go to a cool city. I'd rather take a job in Chicago for ten grand less than take a job in Utah, you know, for ten grand more. Absolutely. Right. And so we were trying to think, what does Columbus have? And then we heard, well, let's look at what we authentically have. Because you think about from a brand strategy standpoint. You know, your brand is really what you offer the rest of the world. It's like you can market. That's more like advertising. But your brand is what you're what you're bringing to the table every day. So we said, what is Columbus's real brand? And we started looking at what are our industries here? What do we have? We got Buckeyes. We know that. But we don't have pro teams that bring in celebrities and all that stuff. We don't have beaches and mountains, you know, where people come to the city for the the texture and landscape, right? So what do we have? Like, what do we have that's going to compete against these other bigger markets? And so that's how we found out about fashion. And I've always been in the fashion. I've worked with fashion brands before. So when I first heard we were number three in fashion, I was like, bro, get out of here. There's no way. There's no, I've seen people in the city. (laughs) And some are are fly, some are fly, right? But uh, nah, couldn't be. So we started to investigate that, and that's where we learned that you know Columbus was this huge hub for fashion. I mean, I've seen pictures from the '40s and '50s, like well, way before Victoria's Secrets. Like we were the biggest shoe manufacturer up until 1975 in Columbus. Columbus. I had no idea. Yeah, I knew so we had DSW, but I didn't know that that. Oh no, DSW was like DSW. No, this is way before DSW. There's um there's a building called a Julian. I'm y'all architects firm, so I know y'all probably know all the buildings <laughs> in the city. He's like, let but, me speak your language. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you've ever seen a Julian, mm-hmm. you know um, that Castle building. Yep. That was a shoe. There was a Julian shoe manufacturing company, wow. one of the biggest up until 19 like 74. Um, the the Idea Foundry itself was a shoe factory, and there was a, a couple more in Lancaster. But we had like three or four large shoe manufacturing wow. companies here and we sold the most women's shoes in America up until like the 70s. So like we go way back into, you know, fashion and retail. Uh, we were one of the first um cities that created the supermarket setup like when you go into a supermarket and you see the big end cap with all the big nachos and Columbus was one of the first cities to start doing that in like old like retail centers and stuff. So Columbus has a huge history of um, manufacturing and a huge in- industrial you know presence from back in the day, but mostly like in things like fashion. So there's this rich history leading up to where we're at now, and that's what started me on my path. It something clicked. It's like you you know when you find out something and you yeah. just it just eats away at your brain and you become obsessed with like. I got to figure this out, yes. man. So I started really, you know, investigating it and looking into it. And, you know, a few years later, man, here's a CFA, you know? Well, and so for our listeners who may not be as familiar with CFA, what is like, you know, if you're talking to your friends and you're giving them like the elevator pitch, what do you say the Columbus Fashion Alliance is? I mean, Columbus Fashion Alliance is a nonprofit, you know, you know, technically we're a 501c3, um, but um, essentially it is a nonprofit that we established to really drive this initiative that we created. So we went to the city and we said, hey, you really have something with fashion. Like, and we were asking more questions of why hasn't the city really leaned in on fashion as like part of his brand? And Columbus has a brand, it has a perception challenge. You know, people outside the bubble, if they've never been to Columbus, they don't really know 
there's nothing that they think about mm-hmm. outside of maybe the Buckeyes or something if like that. If you're lucky. If you're lucky, yeah. right. I, yeah, it was the same. When I moved here, I knew nothing about Columbus. Yeah, but when you get here, though, you're like... Everybody's friendly. It's yeah, a nice place to live. This is a great place to live. So, um, so as we were looking into that, you know, we went to the city. We said, hey, you have this thing with fashion. We love to really look into this, and, and you should support this. Like, you should really create some investment into fashion because it could be a great driver of economy, travel, tourism. And so, um, you know, a couple of key civic leaders were like, well, you know, take a look at it. See what, see what you can find. And we'll be like, you know, we're like, well, we'll be right back. We'll, we'll go do some research. So we spent a whole year doing research, uh, quantitative studies, qualitative studies, because I knew if we're going to do something significant, game-changing, not – you know, we're not talking about building a club. <clears throat> it was really about how do you change a city's brand to really reflect what it truly is. And so if you're going to do that, that's a huge it's a huge thing. So during that whole year, we looked into other cities that have done it. So you look at like Milan. Milan wasn't the luxury fashion capital of the world forever, right? Mm-hmm. How did they get there? And it was really just about intention. So Milan said, you know, we have these factories, we make Italian leather, but we want to do more than that. So they went out and they sought out the best designers and said, hey, we'll give you a building, we'll give you access to money, we'll give you designers, and you can have our workers, but build your, your clothes here. And they created that, that, that system and that ecosystem, and now look at it, it's the luxury fashion capital mm-hmm. of the world. Internationally. Internationally, yes. right. So... Um, when we bring it closer to home, we did one on Indianapolis. And so Indianapolis back in the 70s and 80s was called Donut City because their downtown core was like really dead. It was just flat. Nothing happened really much. And so they're like, our economy's going down. We need something to jumpstart our economy. And so they said, what do we do well? Well, we kind of do amateur sports well. So they said, okay, well, let's, let's create an initiative. It was called the Sports Initiative. Huh. A couple of key people got together, and so they built – state-of-the-art training facilities, new stadiums. They brought the NCAA championships there. They got oh, the yeah. the combines are there for the pro sports. The Olympic tryouts are there. They have all the races. Their city is now set up so well for amateur or even some pro sports that they bring a huge amount of their economy is built off of amateur sports. Most of the major sporting events go to Indianapolis. So now they're the amateur sports capital of the world. But that was done through intention. You know, and it's and that's it's as simple as that sometimes. It's like somebody has to say, we want to do this, and then get the rest of the people who can help make it happen, you know, get together to make it happen. So we, uh, we did that as part of our research, came back to the city and said, here's a plan. If we put that same intention into Columbus. Yeah. We already know that we have the partners here. We have retailers. We have mm-hmm. the we have the schools. Yep. We have workers. We have all of that here. If we build that and create a culture around that, we could become the fashion capital of the Midwest. We can come the best place where fa- the future of fashion is growing. You know, when you're looking at the way fashion's changing, and so um, that was the start of our plan to drive this mission forward. Once we came back from that research, the city and other partners said, "Okay, looks good." Here's a little support from us to kind of get it going. And so that's what we've been doing since then. That's incredible. I think it's so interesting, too, because your two examples with Milan and Indianapolis are about building support. It's saying, you know, where your thought goes, your energy flows. So it's saying, this is what we want to make happen. Let's do it. And really, to your point, intentionality, it sounds like, is the root of all of the success. But then also supporting those that are going to get you to where you want to be. So it's cool to think that you're building that in Columbus right now for the fashion capital. For our listeners that might not know, can you share some brands that we have in Columbus that people who are in New York or L.A., you know, the the well-recognized fashion hubs of the United States might not realize that we we are home to here in Columbus? Yeah, I mean, we pretty much dominated malls. You know, uh, Columbus brands have dominated malls for the past few decades. So when you think about... Abercrombie and uh, Fitch. When you think about Express, when you think about um, the limited, the limited two, Victoria's Secrets, Justice, Bath and Body Works, uh, White Barn, DSW, um, American. What is it? American Outfitters, American Eagle, Ameri- American Eagle. Yeah, right? American Eagle, American mm-hmm. Eagle, um, Aerie, Eloquy, Justice, Lane Bryant. Yeah. Yeah, all of those. All yep. of those are headquartered here in Columbus. So if you think about the last 20, 30 years of malls, when you think about your bigger stores yeah. and malls, those are all headquartered in Columbus, Ohio. 
And outside of that distribution hub, we're a big, huge distribution hub because of where we're located. Yep. Um, we have Rickerbacher Airport that was built around the current retailers that we have headquartered here. They built the airport. Um, they built it out so that we could ship, you know, to New York, to L.A. So now other brands like Gap, Lululemon, um, Zulily, Flight Club, let me see, Shopify now, yeah. they all have their distribution centers here. So we're not only, you know, headquarters here, you know, but we also have the biggest distribution hub and we're placed right in the perfect spot in the country that we're six hours away from over 50 to 60% of the population. Right, which so, is so interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those are the big A-listers. We also have, you know, building brands like 31 Gifts has become right. huge. Homage has become huge. You know, there's right. a lot of brands that are building and we're not even touching on the local no. geniuses yet, no. you know, that are um, just so brilliant and the talent that we house within this city alone. Well, I did some digging. I know you're not going to be surprised, Sam, but I looked it up. <laughs> and basically, there are, I think it said, 20,000 fashion designers in the United States. Of that, in Columbus, 8,200 people are here that are in the headquarters and in the distribution center. That's that's a huge number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that is. Yeah, So that and that's, that's another reason why we're number three. So, you know, L.A. and New York have the most designers in their, in their cities, but we're third. So no other city has as many designers working for these brands uh, outside of New York and L.A. and Columbus. And so that was a thing, too. For me, when I, I love fashion. I'm a bigger dude, so I got to always search harder. I got to search, like, three times harder to find, like, cool <laughs> stuff to wear because most of the time I get pointed to the T-shirts and jogging pants. <laughs> like, uh, literally. But uh, so, so when I thought about the designers and I heard about that, I'm like, who are these people? Like, where are they at? Where are they hanging out? Like, you could be in a restaurant at a bar sitting next to one of the biggest designers in the country. And because we didn't have a culture around that, yeah. there was no connectivity to it. So literally, there's people here from London, Scotland, UK, Africa, you know, Australia that are world, you know, world-class, top-of-the-notch designers, chemists, you know, people that are really moving fashion forward. And you would never know because there is no way to spotlight them. We're not talking about it enough and until now, you yeah. know? And so that was the key. It was like, I want to meet some of these, you know, designers. And that's, that's a sexy thing. Fashion is, it's, it, there's an energy around fashion that is global, right? Fashion is one of the things that moves a lot of us. We get up every day and we get dressed. We make a creative decision every morning when we get up. We tap into that creative side of our brains every morning. Even if you're not a creative, you still look and say, I'm going to wear a white shirt with blue pants. You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> I'm going to wear maroon with gray. Don't wear the black. You know, you're already thinking, like, colors, what looks good on you, what's in style at the moment, what speaks to your spirit. You make all of those decisions every morning. Well, I think fashion is actually a precursor for a lot of design trends. I think it usually starts on the fringes, and then you see some art installations, and then you go into fashion. And then I think once you hit fashion, if you're willing to put it on your body, you're going to be willing to put it in your buildings, in your spaces, on your walls, because you've already experienced it. And so that's why I love to watch fashion for all the trends that are coming down the pike, because it really is the way to see, okay, people are comfortable with this either coloration, this texture, this material, or they're passionate about uh, whatever the trend happens to be at that time. I think, too, from a communication perspective, 93% of communication is nonverbal. And within 20 seconds of meeting someone, they create an impression of you before you've even spoken yet. And that impression is based on the artifacts that you are wearing, which are your clothing. And to your point, whatever you choose every day to wear speaks to you in some way, shape, or form. You know, And that extends, of course, to your hair and your jewelry and stuff. But your fashion speaks to you before you even have a chance to open your mouth. And it's also such a historical artifact as well, because it really speaks to points of time. And mm -hmm. now, you know, it's fun to see the 90s. It makes me feel old, but it's fun to see the <laughs> 90s be the trend, because it really brings up emotions, nostalgia, connections, but then it's also a way for Gen Z right now to connect with a generation prior, right. you know, and it's so right. interesting how important and historical fashion is when you think about it as an artifact, you know, it really extends it beyond really just what people are wearing or what's coming down, you know, New York Fashion Week or whatever it may be, or the Columbus Fashion Alliance, you know, it, it's something that is marking a moment in time and masks, I'm sure, you know, it's an interesting fashion piece, but it's something, you know, from a fashion perspective that we will be studying and kids will be remembering in a hundred years from now, you know, that the period of masks, not everyone's are as cool as yours, Yogi, but um, <laughs> it is, it's so interesting. So I'm so curious, what are the goals of the 
the Columbus Fashion Alliance. And if you guys are successful, what will that mean for our city and our community? Oh, man. Um, okay, so. Ooh, we got jazz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, this is for real, because if, if we reach our goal, when we reach our goal. Absolutely. Um, manifest the city it. will be changed forever. Uh, I believe our ultimate goal is to make Columbus one of the best cities to start or grow a fashion-based business, right? And now it sounds a little, you know, plain, I guess, but when you think about what that means is that fashion in itself is changing. The retail industry is changing. Before the discovery path was, I go to a mall, you know, I shop in the big stores, there might be a new store, and that was where you discovered new new fashion. But nowadays, you find your brands online, the brand story is what brings you in, it speaks to who you are, Absolutely. speaks to your personality, you connect with them there, and then your transaction is happening probably digitally before you even go to a physical space. So the discovery is different nowadays, right? So while fashion is changing, it's it's changing to a more personalized, customer, customized brand story really culturally related type of platform now, and then you're able to engage with the brands that you love um, at that starting point. So when you think about where fashion is going, it's not it's not gonna go where, where it used to be, where you know if you were a designer, you wanted to get your stuff out there, get in the trade show, get in brick and mortar, maybe you know how's your, your space in LA or New York or Miami. Yeah. Nowadays, you can live anywhere and have a global fashion brand that you're running from your home. So when you think about the future of fashion, it's really going to be direct and consumer based. It's small batch. It's more culturally and, 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 and curated differently in lifestyle. So Columbus really has one of the biggest opportunities to take advantage of that because we're not on the coast. Yep. We're right in the middle of everything. So if you're a D2C brand, if you can come here and you can connect with a culture of creatives and designers and innovators, you can build your product right here in our city. You could ship it anywhere, and your dollar goes, you know, three times further than it would in L.A. or New York. Oh, my gosh, the cost of living. Mm -hmm. 100%. Cost of living, right. So Columbus has this opportunity to really be that next forced in fashion because of the logistics that we have, because of the capabilities that we can build in our city, because of the connectivity of what we're doing. We're a test market as well, too. So we're a huge test market for products, design, all of that. So if it makes it here, it has a good chance of making it you know, nationally, globally. So when we say that we want to make Columbus the best place to start a grow fashion-based business, it's really about that future of fashion. And so that's our big, hairy, audacious goal, right? Yeah, um, but it's going to happen. But it's going to happen, 100%. exactly, mm -hmm. right. And so we're working back from there. So the first step to that is to build the culture. It's really about connecting the dots around here. So our, our, real, our real focus right now is to really connect that community. The retailers need to meet the, the kids on the street, right? The kids on the street need access to the entrepreneurs and investments and the other sides of the culture that they've never had access to, the tools. And so that's what we're building. We're building a space right now in Franklinton at the Idea Foundry. Um, and you got to come check it out, Mark. You got to come see it. I can't wait. And uh, we literally have built um, um, a couple of labs. We have a design lab inside the Idea Foundry where we have, you know, Mac computers, design tables. We have clothes design. We have Adobe Suite. We have Business of Fashion, University of Fashion. Like, you literally can sit down. We have Wacom tablets for you to sketch wow. on. So these are tools that... You know, unless you went to CCAD or you work for a bigger brand that you had access to. But now the community has access to this. So if you're serious about fashion, you can sit down on your own time and learn how to make a dress just by, you know, tapping on the University of Fashion or use a Wacom tablet to design a pattern for yourself. So that's our design labs we'll be teaching there. And we have a production lab where we have over $150,000 worth of equipment from direct-to-garment printers industry grade sewing machines they're uh, they're called jukies they're like only if you get taught on a juki you can work for um a brand or you can be a designer's apprentice like this is the type of wow. education that we're giving access to the people and so we have fabric printers sewing machines embroidery machines dyeing equipment customization tools so all of this is there so we're going to be at the idea foundry yeah at the idea Downtown foundry right Columbus. now yeah, Franklin, yeah 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 right now in franklinton so you could walk in basically if you knew what you were doing you could walk in get on a, uh, a computer, design something, send it to the printer. You could print out your pattern. You could print out your fabric. You could cut it, sew it, and finish it, and walk out with a no. garment if you know what you're doing. 
And that's the type of access we want to give people. Um, and this is based off of the research that we did. You know, a lot of people that were students at CCAD, they said, hey, when we graduate, if I don't get a job at the retailers, which a lot of them don't, some do. Right. And they're and they're really good, talented kids that, you know, get that opportunity. But for the rest of them, it's heartbreaking because if they can't get into the retailers, they either have to move or switch um, careers. And we want to keep that talent here in house. Yeah, exactly. And and I I remember one of the students, she's actually at the CFA now. She's one of our members. I remember when we uh, went and spoke to the student, she said, as soon as I'm done, I graduate, they turn off my access card. I can't get in here, and I've I've been making clothes here for the last you know three four years to help support myself while I was in school. So once I'm graduated, you know I'm done. I have nothing to 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 I have access to nothing. How do we keep that access here? So step one is building that culture. That's our that's our first goal is to connect the dots here. You know build that repetition of uh, innovation and cross collaborating and things like that. So we're gonna do a ton of stuff over the next year or so that you'll see and some of the stuff we've already been doing. But um, then phase two is really to build a centralized hub where we build in the small batch production capabilities. We build more spaces for more brands and things like that to collaborate. So we'll have one kind of hub in the city for you to go to if you wanna get into fashion, it's all being housed in this space. There's, there's nothing like that. Even what we have right now, there's nothing like that in this region. There's no place where you can go and have access to these tools. So we're already starting to push the envelope forward. But phase two, we'll really have something that's unique. Um, it'll be the only thing like that in the Midwest. It'll be the only thing like that really outside of L.A. and New York that you could have access to. Wow. Yeah, and then phase three is to build a full-blown design district. Yes. Yeah, and that's really where we start to I really start to raise our bar as far as recognition because that's where we'll bring in more industry here, we'll attract more companies, more production partners, more corporate partners and we're already knocking on those doors now. We're working with One Columbus, we're working with the county, working with the city. There are brands that want to move here now and if we have this ecosystem, they're like sign us up. How do I plug into it? So we see that energy already coming back to us and we're still in phase one. Which is crazy. The yeah. buy-in is there. The, the, buy-in p- is the there. hunger is there. The hunger but is also there. the pace at which you move, I would have to imagine this, that will happen stage three by three to five years from now. Yeah. We're looking at this to be a five to seven tops before this district is done. I don't know. You're energized. I, my money's on five. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean, I think what is so relevant and why this resonates right now so much is because of everything we've just experienced given 2020, right? Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, before that, we were seeing the rise of the gig worker. We were seeing more people trying to find their second hustle or, you know, what their next phase of life looked like if they were graying, if they were an older person who was trying to figure out, okay, I'm retiring, but I still want to work. Like, what can I do? This offers education. You know, it offers, you said the word um, access, accessibility, you know, because a lot of our younger generations, and I mean, I think it's now trickling up actually backwards to our older generations where they want to make sure that people have access to the things that are important to them, to the things that they can put on their bodies that can personalize it for themselves, that can tailor it to themselves, and then provide it uh, equally to all. I think, too, a huge competitive advantage that was that COVID served as a catalyst for was positioning Columbus as a second-tiered city. Because I'm from Connecticut, went to school in New York. All my friends are still living in New York City. And they're saying to me, I'm so jealous that you get to live in Columbus, Ohio. And I'm like, oh, yeah, first time ever you said that. But, you know, it's funny. Two things. When they come here, they're very, very surprised because Columbus is so underrated. And they are so impressed by how versatile and how dynamic the city is. But living in New York right now or living in L.A. right now, your experience of the past year and a half is completely different than Columbus. You know, the fact that someone right now mask on and socially distanced could go to the idea foundry and work together with somebody else that they don't have op- opportunities like that there right now. And with people migrating out of those, you know, top tiered cities into second tiered cities, Columbus is positioned for so much growth. And now is such a beautiful time for you to be starting this alliance and this initiative because of all times, you know, the people are saying the pandemic has influenced their desire to move. Mm-hmm. So if ever there was that curiosity or that, you know, interest to maybe shift the status quo, it's now. So what a great time right. to capitalize on that. Yeah, you know, and it's and the thing is, is that, um, like you said, uh, there's things that came out of this pandemic. First of all, the, the pandemic really poured gas on all of the issues that we were seeing facing fashion and retail, you know, uh, fashion and retail changing. We've been seeing a shift in big retailers, you know, cutting staff, having to lay people off. That was before COVID hit. So when COVID hit, 
there was a even more disruption. We saw a disruption in the supply chain, right? That was one of the biggest yeah. things we realized is that we need more made in America. We need more made local because when supply chains cut off, you, when you are making 50,000 units as a retailer and you don't have access to that supply chain no more, what do you do for your customers, Absolutely. right? So what, one of the things that happened, we've talked to you know people that run you know brands here. Um, one in particular, um, they were running their brand out of their garage. Right, uh, global brand, global brand, no. billion dollar company. Right, when COVID hit, you know you got to keep the train moving. So you know they're running it out of their home, out of sheer gosh. necessity. Out of sheer necessity, wow. right? So laying out the next, uh, the next, um, you know, I don't know, next release. You yeah. know, laying it out in their driveway, and 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 people from the company driving by, take a look at it, feel the fabric, and then drive <laughs> off. Right. But, but you know, that's it, it was crazy. We were rolling when we were yeah. hearing it. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what was happening? You were running like a startup. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, Billion-dollar brand. You talk about signals of change and drivers of, like, what's coming down the pike in the next 10 years and how that's going to affect us. That's a signal of change right there. Right, right, right. Because you still have to get product out to people. They still want it. And you don't need, you know, corporations are built processes built upon a process, you know, department built upon departments in order to make it all function. But at the end of the day, there's only a couple of key functions that you need in order to be successful in this industry, especially in today. So the pandemic kind of showed that. And unfortunately, it cost a lot of people their jobs, but it also helped reset what we thought was important. Mm-hmm. And so yes. now, it's, and, and that also makes us prime for that because when all of those people were laid off, they still were, they had ideas, they understood, you know, what was really necessary, but they may not have been able to do it at that retailer. So now you have people from Abercrombie, Express, L Brands that are now working for themselves and thinking about what's my next. So you have this wealth of talent in this city and not in the other city, you know, mm-hmm. in this city right now, thinking about the next generation of what they're going to do. And so we are almost more necessary now, post you know, COVID agreed. Agreed. than agreed. before. So we agreed. were like, wow, this is actually helping our cause and helping us really drive the mission forward now because it's more of a necessity. I think it's so cool, though. Life begins at the end of your comfort zone. And COVID put a lot of people in a position where they were very uncomfortable, whether they were forced to have lost their jobs. You know, that's not a situation anyone wants to be in. But it is when you are in that place and you're like, I don't know what I'm going to do next, that those breakthroughs happen. Right before the breakdown is the breakthrough. And all of these creative geniuses, there's one um, woman, a brand that I love, Coco Beans. Have you heard of this? No, no. no. Uh -uh. She worked for L Brands and she lost her job from the pandemic. And she has a little girl who has... um, really curly African-American hair and the bed sheets and the baby clothing weren't conducive to that hair and it would make the the baby's hair really, really knotted up. Mm. And so she used this organic fabric from a local Columbus distributor and they created this brand, Cocoa Beans, and it has blown up. And it's this organic baby brand, clothing and um, material for like crib, you know, right. so fashion for wee little ones, but yeah, it's so yeah, cute, yeah. but so cool. And she would nice. have probably never been pushed to do that had she not been in this situation. So I'm, I'm so excited. I have a question for you, Yogi. An investor, a designer, a young business entrepreneur, why Columbus? Why should they invest, take a chance on Columbus for fashion? Why, why is this the right choice for them? If they're like, sounds interesting, not sure, how would you sell them? Well, I mean, it depends on what's important to you, right? So if you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to break into this market, what do you need as an entrepreneur? You need access to talent, right? You need production capabilities. You need shipping and handling and fulfillment and logistics. So if you need those things, now you're looking at price. Where are you going to do that? Are you going to do that in New York? You're going to do that in L.A.? Great point. Okay, you're going to do it here because we have it cheaper for you, right? So if you're an investor, think about some of those, the the cocoa beans. If you're an investor, where are some of the hottest talent or the hottest innovation coming out of when it comes to fashion and retail? It's probably coming to where most of the disruption is happening. So for all those people laid off, if I'm an investor, I'm trying to get in early States, you're at a perfect time where a lot of people are starting Cocoa Beans, Marley's, yeah. uh, Mive. There's a lot of brands that are starting up out of this disruption. So you want to be right here in the epicenter where that disruption and innovation is happening. So as an investor, you want to come here to, uh, to, to, to grow. As an entrepreneur, as a designer, you want to come here because it's the next wave. We have yes. more resources for you here than any other country outside of, I mean, any other city outside of L.A. and New York. Mm-hmm. So do you want to take the, the leap in the middle of a pandemic, go to New York where you're going to basically work to live there? Mm-hmm. And more right? saturated. More saturated. Yes. It's a, it's 
here is a blue ocean type of you can <clears> differentiate <throat> yourself yeah. differentiate yourself right so will you stand out in a sea in new york will you stand out in a saturated la maybe maybe not but in in a columbus where we're supporting and bringing resources to the table for those standouts you probably have a better chance of getting into the market here you have a better chance of getting your especially if you're a d2c brand yep. we have all of the logistics and resources for you here so as a designer tapping into the culture tapping into the expertise that we have here tapping into the resources that we have your dollar stretches further it's a smart decision so where columbus is really set up we're the smartest choice right now when it comes to fashion and retail. We have the expertise here, the talent here, the tax abatements and resources to help you get it all. True. We will help you, you know, because our city is all behind this. It's not just us as a CFA. It's us, the Columbus, you know, uh, foundation is helping us. The city is helping us. The county is helping us. You're so behind it. We're all behind it. Yeah. The whole city is behind I it. Love so it. you get a city that is welcoming you saying hey how can we really help you not a city that's saying hey get in line there's a million of you you know good luck you know what i mean so um we really have a lot of upside to us leaning in on fashion so if you're one of those individuals whether it's entrepreneur retailer or creative we have something for you here in the city well so i'm curious and this will be our last question um for you yogi um what are the big signals of change you're seeing when it comes to this fashion industry and how it could affect us 10, maybe even 15 years down the road? Yeah, so I believe that, um, and this is all through the research that we're seeing too, it's becoming more about the individual. You know, again, we now have, globalization is real, right? We, we shop we shop and we, we buy garments that feel good to us. It's a, definitely much more of a personal relationship with fashion nowadays. And so what I see happening in the future, I see a lot more small to medium-sized brands becoming successful, but also owning their destiny, right? Not just, uh, <clears throat> not just having to be, you don't have to be express in order to be successful. You don't have to be a big, huge retailer in order to, to grow. You know, now if you have shipping and fulfillment, a good brand story, you can become wildly successful and globally successful. So what I see is a lot of small to medium-sized brands that are connected and have a real mission and purpose. Like before, you could slap a name on a on a building and put some clothes in it, and people are like, "Oh, this is a new this is a new thing." <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, it's like, "No, what are you about? Right? Is it sustainable?" So you know, fashion is one of the biggest polluters, like number two or three wow. in the whole world, and so globalization has allowed us to see that so we're smarter about that we're not going to just buy anything we're like i'll buy a pair of jeans for 300 dollars, but i'm gonna wear that pair of jeans forever because i know it's gonna it's gonna help it's more smart it's smarter for me to do it it's more sustainable for me to do that and i love these jeans they're quality jeans they're not fast fashion where it was made quickly in unsustainable ways just for me to look good for a weekend so yeah more of a legacy piece more of a legacy yep. piece so more legacy pieces um, more customizable pieces people want to take control of their fashion and I don't see that going anywhere so I think the retail industry is still going to be there brick and mortar is still going to be there but it's going to be about experience mm -hmm. right so here's some of the ways I think where we all are kind of part of that, especially when you think about architecture and, and how we design spaces. Um, it's gonna be about more of that experience now, right? And so how does technology match into that? Now past COVID, now there's gonna to have to be more health and safety precautions. Mm -hmm. So you're gonna start seeing more antimicrobial fabrics. Talking to one of the experts that is part of CFA, his name is Carlos Garate, he works for Abercrombie, he does a lot of the stuff in the denim. We were just having a conversation. You're gonna start seeing clothes that actually benefit you. There's, they're making denim huh. with vitamin E in them that ah. soaks into your body. I mean, come on. I'm eating this up already. I'm like, how can I buy it? Right, all right. You know, <laughs> so you're like walking and you're like feeling really good. Yeah. <laughs> like those jeans just slap your thigh right yeah, there. You're yeah. like, man, man, just taking care of myself, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's going to get into a really creative space, but it's also going to be rich culturally. And I think the retail experience is going to be based off of that, just experiences. And it's going to be a, a hybrid of safety, connectivity, technology, customization, all in a space to where I might not walk out with a bag, but I'll come in, I'll experience the brand story, I'll connect with it, I'll customize what I want, mm -hmm. boom, and it'll be at my house in a couple of days. If I don't need it right now, I don't need to walk out with it anyway. So, boom, I'll see that customized sweater with my name on the, on the sleeve when I get home, you know, in a couple of days. So, I feel like 
the experiences are going to uh, change. The way we design our cities around it, we know that big shopping districts have to become more integrated with live, work, and play. And we know that people are really desiring more density along their corridors to where they can go shop in small shops, more boutique shopping, more like as a part of a, you know, a walkable community, right? So we're gonna see more design in that space and more boutiques being you know, leaders, more transient um, opportunities too. So now if we're connected with a brand, a brand may really live online, but do pop-ups in different markets. And we'll, we'll be excited when that brand pops up in our market because we wanna go and connect with our favorite brand in a physical space. So you'll see more transient type of design. And we were talking to uh, CCAD's retail, Masters of Retail Design program. And should we be looking at designing more transit? Should we become leaders in Columbus in the, the mobile uh, retail experience? Should we start to lead in that space, right? Should we start to lead in designing for more transient, more mobile, uh, agile type of uh, retail industry? Um, and I think our city has a great opportunity to become a design city. We already design a lot. I was actually talking to someone about this the other day. I think Columbus, when you talk about building on uniqueness and becoming its own, you know, um, its own creative hub, I think we have a lot of opportunity in design. Mm -hmm. You know, not just fashion design, architectural design, you know, product design. I think we can become a design city. And so we're looking at how to welcome other designers into this design district that we're building. So. Um, there's a lot of that type of uh, conversation that's happening right now, and some you know things that are under works. But I see a uh, I see a much more integrated, a much more experiential, a much more connected and culturally relevant uh, future for for fashion and retail, definitely. Well, I think that's amazing, and I, I agree 100%. And I hope we can help each other make that happen. Definitely. I mean, we're already doing that. We're already doing that. Stay tuned, matter of fact. Stay tuned. Yeah. Stay tuned. Episode Stay tuned. two to come. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Episode two. I would love it. I would love it. Well, that's our show. Um, thank you, Yogi, for being here and for sharing your innovations that you're bringing to the city. Um, these are the innovations that can help our listeners find inspiration in their own lives and to be thinking about what's ahead and how they can create change for themselves. We hope to hear more about these innovations in the days, weeks, and months to come. If you'd like to learn more about us, visit our website at ma-architects.com, where we have the future is now up and running if you want to see more about what's coming down the pike. Uh, if you want to continue the conversation, feel free to reach out to me directly at markb at ma-architects.com. If you like what you heard today, please make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can be the first to hear what's coming in terms of innovation and trends three to five years ahead. And we will make sure to also include uh, links to the Columbus Fashion Alliance so that you can check it out if you are looking for that next phase of life. I'm, again, one of your hosts for Make It Innovative, Mark Bryan. And I'm Sam Moeller. I hope you can find the change you want to be to allow innovation to thrive in the way you live. I am going to be Yogi's biggest fan for the rest of my life. So uh, thank you so much for coming on and bringing so no, much energy you. and excitement and innovation to this podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. You're amazing. Don't leave. <laughs> <laughs>